Hi, everybody. I'm Gwendolyn Sturk of Sturk Family Law, and I have the honor and privilege to have with me today, Joseph Bartopinka. Welcome, Joseph. How are you? Gwen, thank you for having me. It is an honor to be, it's an honor to be here. Thank you so much. Can you tell us a little bit about your background, what you're doing now, and... Well, I, I, Gwen, I'm a, um, I retired from the military about eight years ago. Prior to that, I was, uh, uh, I was going to school and trying to help my mother out. My mother was Judy Bartopinka. She was treasurer, comptroller, a treasurer, then comptroller, Illinois, first, uh, first Republican ever to be nominated for governor, state senator, state representative. So I spent a lot of my time and my life before the military and government. And then after I got out, I uh, um, retired. I uh, took on a job as a teacher of employment law and health law uh, at Texas State University in San Marcos, Texas. Very good. So, you know, I know you have a lot of background and certainly growing up in the environment of a woman who was a politician and your teaching experience, you have a great passion for a lot of the changes that have occurred with regard to women. And I think that sometimes we need to promote women in employment and what they've done through the labor through the course of the many years. You know, and I would ask you to give us a little bit of a brief history, but specifically if I want to go back and really start with 1848, which is really the time when we got the first women's rights convention in New York. So tell us a little bit about that and what that brought about. Well, that's Seneca Falls, New York. And for those of you who have never been to Seneca Falls, there's a national um, park there and you should go there and bring your children. I, I brought, I will bring my daughter there someday and I've, I've taken my wife there. And where you get, what happens in Seneca Falls is you get uh, leaders like Susie B. Anthony who come together and they say, hey, you know, we need to have we need to have our rights known. We need suffrage. We need the right to vote. We need equal rights for women. And it began something that we now know is the suffrage movement. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't know about the suffrage movement. But ultimately, under Woodrow Wilson at the time, you know, you you basically see the suffrage movement take hold, and you get the I believe the Nineteenth Amendment, if I remember. No, not Nineteenth Amendment. I'm getting my amendments all confused. But you get an amendment that allows women to to vote, and and from that point, and I think we celebrated the anniversary of that a year ago. If I if I if I'm, I'm a lawyer by trade, so my numbers are a little off sometimes. And and then you, but you even even though you get the right to vote, you still have issues with you know world with the world wars. The world wars were just absolute uh, um, um, periods of time where you see the expansion of women's rights. You know, World War One. You see, um, entering the workforce to help with 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 munitions. But more importantly, um, you know, you, you see women taking the place of men because they're somewhere else. World War Two, even more so. You know, you have the concept of Rosie the Riveter in World War Two, where you know who's building the B twenty fours and the B twenty fives and the B seventeens. It's the women, right. and they're built and they're building them in plants. You know, all around the Chicagoland area, believe it or not. That's why you get Ford City, the mall, and there were torpedo plants in Forest Park, and Western Electric was making radios for, for the soldiers. You know, you can't believe what was happening in the Chicagoland area in terms of the war fighting production. Right. And it really is the wars became a pivotal change, even starting with World War One, and even going back a little bit further in history in 18. 89, it's a very fascinating um, history, but when her husband died from the flu, 
Anna Bissell took over the company and she became the first CEO of a company. So it starts there and it just expands forward. And women became a critical part of day-to-day operations. Absolutely, they did. And, you know, you know, we, 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 talk, we talk about COVID and how it's affected us. Well, the 1914 flu affected a lot of people. A lot of people died in 1914. And with Miss Bissell, you have a situation where somebody had to take over. And once again, it was a woman. Right. And the woman stepped up to the plate and moved forward and did that. You know, then you get into, you know, the changes that are occurring. And, you know, it's it's really sad that a lot of people don't recall, like you mentioned, Fort City. And it just brings a smile to my face <laughs> because that history is just pivotal. And, um, you know, a lot of things were going on in our Chicago area. And there was a lot of changes with regard to laws starting to pass to develop some kind of, you know, broader scope abilities. So tell us a little bit about the history, things like the EEOC, the Equal Pay Act, things that changed. Um, you know, I, 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 you got to talk about labor. The labor acts really impacted it because the la- the unions were very critical in helping people, and but the unions had to learn about how to treat women fairly too. So there, you know, we we all had there was all a learning curve, but you start seeing things like the Equal Pay Act. Um, you start seeing. Um, you start seeing the development of the EEOC, which is really an incredible organization to go to. If you haven't gone to their website, you really need to go to their website, which which basically allows you to make a claim as opposed to going to court. But it also puts out a tremendous amount of guidance. And so you got that. But I will tell you that I think the Equal Pay Act, that is one of the biggies um, because you're and, and there's still problems out there. Sure. There's still problems out there. I'm not going to say it, it's it's everything is fair, but with the Equal Pay Act is you you had a situation where the government's saying you got to pay people the same, whatever their sex is. If they're doing the same job, they should be getting the same pay. You cannot discriminate against them because of their sex. Right. Absolutely critical. But but I think what the EEOC and then I think you also need to be thinking about the states like Illinois. You should be you need to be thinking about state laws because a lot of state laws. Um, some of the earliest case law that I talk about in class about treating people fairly actually happen in the states. Uh, there's a, a case out of Washington State that escapes my, I, I, I always talk about it, but I forget the name. And in Washington State in the 1800s, they were, they were working on women's rights to be treated fairly before there was ever an Equal Pay Act at the federal level. So states were very critical in producing, I think, the ideas, the generating the ideas that, that made change at the federal level. Right. And, you know, those wars brought about the change. And I know that I've heard relatives talk about, look, they had no choice. The women had to go to work. They needed to have that facility. And they, they needed to support their country and they wanted to support the country yeah. in a way. And I think it really was a change in environment. You know, we saw a lot of that slip away after the war, but at least there was a momentum at that point, because I think that there was some statistics, you know, after the war, one of three women worked and then it became three of five women working. And then, you know, at this point, I think there's over 71.1 million women working. Do you think that we have now gotten to the point where at least we've seen a societal shift to accept it? I hope so. Right. Uh, you know, I, I don't I, I can never really I can't as I tell my students all the time, I can't tell what people are thinking in their mind. All right. I can't tell if they're discriminating or they want to discriminate in their mind. I can only tell that I think things have improved. Um, I, I, I think 
I think when we like, for example, my late grandmother, Lillian Mary Barr, who was my mother, my mother's mother. You know, you you she was in that environment of World War II where my grandfather was overseas. Right. You know, she had to bring money home. She had a baby. My my I I you know my 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 mother was a, a war baby, and she started her own business because she was in that environment where she had to innovate. And I think the Rosie Risen, Riveter concept, women working, it gave women um an opportunity to see things in a different way, and then as a result, innovate and change their mindset. To your answer, I to answer your question, I'm not sure. I'm not sure we're always but we're ever going to be perfect. I right. think there's always going to be a fight. And I think, as my late mother would always say, you know, you fight the good fight because it's the right thing to do. Right. And sometimes, you know, you have to view it that perspective. And I know that, you know, even you talk about um, President Wilson's wife and how she had to become active. Tell us a little bit about that and women in politics. as well, well, most people don't know about President Wilson. Most people don't, you know, it's funny. Most people don't think about World War One and how important of a war it was in um setting the, the geopolitical system that we have today. Sure, but when President when the war was done, President Wilson was very much part of the um the peace negotiations. I'm Czech American. So as a result of President Wilson, a Czechoslovakia was born. And but he got very sick when he was trying to get the Senate to support the League of Nations. And and there's lots of stories of how President Wilson's wife was was really running the White House. Some some say today that she was our first woman president. Um, and in terms of women in politics, you know, it's it, it, you know we we haven't had our first woman president, but I I think it's coming. But think about some of the great leaders who have have been in in government for the last few years. The Barbara Jordans of the world. The um, uh, uh, we have our first vice woman vice president right now. And and we had my mother. I, I can't help but talk about my mother because you know, in a in a time in the seventies where women just weren't in politics in Illinois, my mother ran in a primary. She was against four or five other men, and everybody said she'd lose, and she won, and 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 she won her first state rep position, and she went on to serve another term, then two terms as a senator, three terms unprecedented as state treasurer. Two terms as comptroller, she passed away in the, at the beginning of the second term, and she was even nominated to the run for governor by the Republican Party. First woman ever by the Republican Party to be nominated for governor. And yeah, personally, I think she should have won, but we're not going to go down that road. Point is, though, you know, you see people like my mother and others who have set the tone. And if you and, and those of you who are listening to me now, if if you're a woman or a man for that matter. If you want changes, you got to get engaged. You, you you must be engaged. You think these laws that we've talked about quickly, do you think they happened overnight? You think suffrage happened overnight? No, it didn't happen overnight. It took time and it took engagement. You've got to be engaged. You've got to push. You've got to work hard. And you got to know how the system works because you got to work the system. As my mother used to say, you got to right. work the system. Well, I have to tell us a quick little story about a judge who is in Cook County. I'm not going to mention her name, but I sure have a lot of respect going forward when you hear the stories of how the women who practiced when they were out of law school in the 60s and 70s and really being put down and told they had to stand up or they couldn't wear pants, like crazy stories, right? And then you think about all the women who are involved now 
And we have to keep those stories alive to understand the evolution of where we came from and why we hold up this equality notion as important that women and men that we're equal and we have to be able to move forward in a way that's positive and have respect in the community and for each other. And I think that really is the thrust of it. Wouldn't you agree that it really goes back? I, 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 I would agree. And frankly, I think we should be talking about this in our civics classes and in, in, in school. We should be talking about their stories um, throughout our, 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 our children's education. They, they, they need to know this stuff. I think it's, it's critical that they understand that um, nothing comes easy. Right. Nothing comes easy, and you have to learn from those that have come before you in order to keep it going and keep the movement going forward. Right, and I think that it's important, you know, we have a lot of people that are involved in family law actions who are listening to these podcasts, because that's what we do. We're a family law firm, and a lot of times people make a choice, you know, to stay out of the workforce for a period of time, but it doesn't mean that they're out forever, right? They can get back in. Um, absolutely, uh, uh, Gwen, absolutely. And, and by the way, if most people don't know, when my, my parents got divorced and it was very tough for my mother. And as a result of that divorce, my mother was actually a leader in no-fault divorce legislation in the state of Illinois um, because it was it was so difficult. And, and, so, and I, I salute people like you who help family members go through this trying, this, 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 these times, these family issues. But I will tell you, there was a time where things were even even more challenging. Sure. And it was rough for your mom to move forward, but yet she was able to prove herself, get elected into office. Absolutely. Move forward. And she did that as a single parent. Yes, she did. And as the other part of this, I want to give a message to everybody. If you're listening today and you're listening about, you know, why are we talking about women? Why are we talking about equality? What are we going to learn from this and take from it for our family law cases? And the answer is, is that the world is yours to take. You just have to figure out what you're going to do. You have to persevere in what you're going to do. And women have and can continue to make improvements. I agree. And I and I just, before we end, I, I know that people are listening and, and, and you know, we, we, we like to keep these these podcasts kind of at a, at a, at a, a good time limit. But I did write a book about my late mother. It's called Just Judy, a Citizen Leader for Illinois. It's a great book about civics. Um, it's great for young people. I designed it basically for teachers and parents to teach about um, leadership and about civics and about a lady's, a lady's fight through the glass ceilings of Illinois government and, uh, and politics. And she was very successful, but at the same time, she learned a lot of lessons, lessons that many of you who are listening might, uh, might want to use in your lives. Right. And the world is an open place and we want to keep it that way and promote it. So thanks for listening today, everybody. And I hope that, you know, Joseph, you can continue to make these changes and share these civic information. And I think that it's interesting that you use the word civics because it really doesn't have to be. This isn't about politics. It's about our civic changes that we can make and knowing that we can make a difference individually. I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much.